Hi, Mike Gibson and Paul Ridger coming to you live here from AHA 2017. Paul, let's pick up where we left off with Cantos, and you're presenting very exciting mortality data here. Tell us how the story continues to unfold. Sure. So, uh, what we presented in Barcelona was the fundamental test of the inflammation hypothesis of atherosclerosis. If we give a drug, canakinumab, an interleukin-1 beta monoclonal antibody uh, that has no effect on LDL or HDL at all, uh, and we presented a 15% reduction on the primary endpoint, a 17% reduction on the secondary endpoint, which, by the way, is exactly the same magnitude you get by giving a PCSK9 inhibitor to what we call residual cholesterol risk. Mm -hmm. But Cantos is a different set of patients. It's our residual inflammatory risk patients. So it's really a very different patient population. And that, that mechanism, the lowering LDL further, did not improve cardiovascular mortality, just to put this into context, right? right? So Mike so. being very up-to-date and very savvy, you're asking the right question. So. Uh, the key thing that came out of Barcelona was, wow, this is, this is new biology, it's very exciting, but who am I really going to treat? Where is the real benefit sitting? So we did some very standard analyses asking, do baseline characteristics predict risk? The answer is no. Hmm. Men and women the same. Diabetics, non-diabetics the same. Hmm. LDL high or low the same. All the baseline characteristics are saying, if you're residual inflammatory risk, you got the same rough benefit. So that's not going to get us there. So we looked at biology. And we said, how big a reduction in interleukin-6, and therefore by proxy, CRP, did each individual patient get? Mm -hmm. Mapped that out. And then we simply said, let's look at if you have a more than average reduction or a less than average reduction, what we call robust responders and less robust responders. Mm -hmm. It's amazing, Mike. Uh, the biology is so crystal clear. If you're in the robust responder group, and clinically, we define that as the on-treatment CRP after the first dose mm -hmm. is less than 2 milligrams per liter. Mm -hmm. Now we have a 31% reduction in all-cause mortality, Wow! a 31% reduction in cardiovascular mortality, a 25% reduction in standard MACE endpoints, and interestingly, no difference in the toxicity in terms of the infections. They're the same for all comers. Mm -hmm. And that's simply measuring the HSCRP or the IL-6 after giving the first dose of the drug. It's predicting the long-term outcome. The flip side is if you're in our less robust mm -hmm. response group, which means uh, you did not get a, your, the CRP's above two or less than 50% reduction, um, there's still a benefit, but it's quite a bit smaller. So for example, the five-year number needed to treat is 57 for our less robust responders. The number needed to treat for a primary endpoint or mortality? For, for, for a combined MACE. good things that happen, yeah, MACE, MACE plus mm -hmm. mortality, is 57, a pretty big number, mm -hmm. for the people with the less robust response. But if you're in the half that got the big response, it's down to 16. So it's 16. dramatically different. Wow. Wow. Uh, on top of all that, uh, it's a wonderful example of biology just shining through. So. In, in on-treatment analyses, sometimes we're concerned about residual confounding. How well have we dealt with the fact that this is a post-randomization analysis? What's remarkable in our paper coming out in The Lancet, and we'll talk about it to, at, at the meetings, is that we adjusted for everything we could think of, including, mm -hmm. obviously, the baseline CRPs and the LDLs. We did a causal inference analysis. We used multiple different ways of getting there. Mm -hmm. What's so remarkable epidemiologically is the hazard ratios just don't move in the adjustment. And that's a signal. That signal says, the ma this is like a, a powerful drug effect, mm -hmm. and the little residual confounding effect is almost not even apparent. Interesting. Now remember, 
This is exactly what our oncology colleagues have done for 20 years. Mm -hmm. we, they say, if you respond to the drug, we treat. Right. And if you don't, we right. don't treat you. Right. So it's going to be a challenge, I think, Mike, for the cardiology community to think about two pieces of personalized medicine. The mm -hmm. first piece is, is my patient residual inflammatory risk? Is right. the problem that their CRP is still too high? Or is my patient residual cholesterol risk? Right. Residual cholesterol risk, that's PCSK9, that's sure. azetamide. If you're in the second bin, though, where we know we have very high risk on the basis of the inflammatory response, now we may have to think to ourselves, and do you respond? Right. Uh, it's pretty interesting. So, Paul, but talk to me on the cholesterol risk side, the residual risk side there. Treating that with the PCSK9 did not reduce mortality, but treating this residual inflammatory risk does. So what are your thoughts there? Well, it's telling you something profound about the biology. Now, let's, let's not, you know, lower is better for LDL. Sure. I absolutely believe that. Sure. But you are right that the cardiovascular rates, the, the MIs keep coming down, but the cardiovascular mortality and the all-cause mortality doesn't seem to. Now, we, and let's be clear, but, way but back not, not, when we lowered right. LDL by statins course, early right, in right, those right. days, there was some That's mortality right. benefit. So, 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 but in more recent right. trials of this mechanism, PCSK9, we right. have not seen that. So there's two possibilities. Benefit. A very reasonable hypothesis is the treatment period is just not long enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that's absolutely fine. Uh, but we are seeing in that same short-term treatment period, all-cause mortality and cardiovascular mortality reductions in these responders on the inflammatory side. So there may be a different biology going on here. Mm -hmm. may also reflect the fact that statins are pretty good LDL-lowering drugs. Sure. And have taken care of not all the problem, but, but a decent chunk of the problem. And may also reflect, if I could speculate, that statins do lower CRP, whereas PCSK9 inhibitors do not. Well, that's right. That's right. right. That's right. And Paul, um, practically uh, in the marketplace, uh, if the drug and if and when it's approved, could this be used as a way to do what we're all trying to do, personalized medicine, to give the drugs to the people where they should expect benefit? Right. So Mike, you know, you and I train together mm -hmm. and uh, uh, any well-trained physician says, what I really want to do is give the right drug to the right patient. I want to maximize their benefit. I want to minimize their toxicity. And that's irrespective of cost. Mm -hmm. I would do that with an inexpensive generic sure. drug. This is an interesting issue because we originally reported that the 150 milligram dose, the middle dose, met all of the very uh, conservative hierarchical statistical considerations to show this worked. We also made the point that with the exact same p-value and the risk reductions, the 300 milligram dose gave the same. In the new analysis, there's another twist to this. If you were on the 50 milligram dose and you got a large reduction, you got the same benefit. Mm -hmm. What's driving this, therefore, is getting there. Mm -hmm. uh, so I might be a physician who says, well, uh, uh, maybe I'll give 150. If they don't get down, maybe I'll give 300. Mm -hmm. So I think some other interesting regulatory issues are going to get wrapped up in this if, if the sponsor goes down that road. I just think it's good biology. Right. Right. And what do you say to the people, the critics like Sanjay Call, who says, well, this is a good start, but it doesn't validate the inflammatory hypothesis. I mean, he <laughs> did studies of causal inference. What do you say to that? Well, I, I'd say that uh, if this doesn't solve you, nothing will. I would mm -hmm. say that up front. Um, I think that uh, what is true is that uh, we will get second, third, and fourth agents down the road. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what the biggest compliment we got uh, at the ESC meeting was from the 4S investigators who said this this is your 1994 moment that was the year that 4S came out and all of us had to recognize we have another way of dealing with this we've got to right. learn about HMG chorodactase we've got to learn about statins 
And it is true, it would take another 10 years to figure out exactly how to do it. Sure. Uh, but that's where we are. And yeah. it's very exciting. Inflammation clearly matters, and, and uh, lowering it clearly matters. I think we have to now figure out how to use it clinically. Paul, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share all that with us. And thanks to all of you for joining us here live from AHA 2017.